Hey, this is Liz. Hey, this is Heather. This week, we are talking about mainstreaming of nerd culture across the generations. All right, hit that music. chance to support the show want to get some awesome rewards and nerdy bitches swag then head on over to our patreon account at patreon.com slash nerdy bitches from not your basic bitch to rockstar bitch we have a monthly donation plan to fit any budget your support allows us to really up our game and make sure the show stays awesome without bowing to corporate sponsorship in addition to providing prizes giveaways and convention coverage we'll also donate 20 percent of all net profits each month directly to other independent podcasts This allows us to help grow other indie shows that we believe in. So hit us up at patreon.com slash nerdy bitches and support your favorite bitches today. It's been con season and I think I'm done until September. Oh, that's when you guys are going to Salt Lake, right? Yep, Salt Lake. Ben Affleck's going to be there. Woo, bad flag. I have to tell you, I, um, Paul and I have been working on a little side project with some other podcasting friends around here. And one of the things that he was doing was looking at a lot of the different uh, cons that are here in Texas and when they're going to be like, blah, blah, blah. Apparently, so last year they had planned to have this pandemic tour come through. Oh, yeah. And then a hurricane hit. The hurricane hit Houston. Mm -hmm. And at that time, it was I thought it was just like a walking dead convention because that's pretty much what it looked like. But. This year, you know, they're now, they're having it this year in September, and there's some pretty cool guests on there. Like, I'm really actually trying to see if I can maybe get some press passes or something to go to this thing, because it would be brand new, but they've got some pretty, some pretty big names going, and uh, I'm excited, so we'll see. Yeah, they actually have two locations. One of them uh, took place last month, and we tried to squeeze it in, you know, but, you know, it was just crazy con month right. uh, of course it was there was two days that we were available that we could have driven up to Sa- sacramento and gone but at that point it would have been four cons in four weeks and we're like you know <laughs> maybe it's tough but we, the reason why i wanted to go was actually because james marsters who was down in houston at comic palooza was going to be at both pandemic tours except for when he's yeah. there i believe i may be absolutely incorrect i think he actually plays with this band but, oh, I don't know. He is on the Houston tour for September. So that was that was one of them. And of course, now that I need to think about who all's there, I can't remember. But it was more than The Walking because yeah. I, I don't watch The Walking Dead. So honestly, most of those actors don't really don't really do anything for me. So it's definitely uh, nice to be able to see. <laughs> some some other names on there uh so it should be exciting yep um it's i'll pull it i'll pull it up real quick um because because they're local for here like, you know i say local but you know sacramento's a bit too far to drive in a day well well i mean maybe something like going from your place to downtown houston so that's not far <laughs> <laughs> that is not so far i, I used to do like that 
and a half, maybe two hours. It's, okay. It's significant enough that you'd want to stay the night. It's like driving to Beaumont from Houston. Yeah, yeah, that's probably good. Which I did last Saturday because my pseudo-grandbaby turned one. So my foster kid from a few years ago, uh, her baby turned one. So we got to go wish him a happy birthday. He is the cutest, chunkiest little thing you've ever seen in your life. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) He looks like the Pillsbury Doughboy. That's so cute. But in the best possible way. I like fat babies. Yeah, and first birthday parties are always fun. The kid has no idea what's going on, so it's just no. kind of an excuse to drink. Yeah, it was, that's what it was. Yeah, so. <laughs> but it was fun. I got to see a lot of my cousins that I don't get to see very often, and so it was good. You know, it was, it was a good time. But we did. Paul and I drove up for the day, and then we drove back, and I uh, I was surprised. He actually listened to our recent fan fiction episode on the on the road trip. I didn't expect that he would actually want to listen to that with me in the car because things like that tend to be a little bit, uh, I don't know if you listened to it yet. I have not. I, it's been crazy con season. I just barely heard our hundredth episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, the video just came out for the hundredth episode this week. So that's exciting. We have to thank seal and send him a, tote bag or something because he did amazing amazing work on on both of our videos both the women in podcasting and the 100th episode where we played cards against humanity are now live on our youtube channel and we're so new to youtube we don't even have like a name on our youtube channel it's just a string of numbers so just search nerdy bitches and you'll find us we've got like three videos but you know, with your with your continued Patreon support, we would love to be able to do more. Yes, maybe we can afford a name for our YouTube channel. That would be awesome, <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> um, uh, the person, by the way, that you're thinking of for the big deal at uh, Houston Pandemic is uh, Sebastian Stan. Yes, yes, yeah. that's why I saw that, and I was like, we got to go, we got to yeah. go. And I was like pulling up their, their press page to see, you know, what they consider to be press, and they don't seem to have a podcast program, but I got, I got people and some connections so you know who knows fingers crossed maybe we'll find something cool yeah well we had a great time initially at the san francisco comic-con and uh uh, producer craig was able to interview kevin conroy and i got my picture taken with him yay nice it was very exciting it was a great uh great panel and you'll actually can hear it if you go to matinee heroes uh uh, podcast you can listen yeah, to paul, it. paul will be jealous he loves kevin conroy i he think w- that's his favorite batman yeah tell him to listen to that episode because he'll really like it especially he goes into a story because he was roommates with robin williams in college oh i know that's amazing san francisco was huge it was a big one it's not still not as big as comic palooza but it was a lot of fun and we really had a great time. We actually got to hang out with um, uh, Corey Smith, art of the guy that mm. does the artwork. Uh, he's also at Comic Palooza, and we just were hanging out with him at the restaurant one night. And we saw him the next day, and <laughs> we're like, "Holy shit, we know your art!" That's funny. <laughs> it's kind of. So we just had no idea who he was. So, yeah, it was pretty awesome. I got a Spider-Man piece from him. Kind of like the four of us riding up in the elevator at Comic Palooza uh, in the hotel with David Faustino, and only two of us actually recognizing who it was. <laughs> yeah, but what do you want to say? Yeah, like, I, I, hey, said, I don't think I said. I think Craig tried to talk to him, but I was just like, "Hey, huh? Hope you're having a good day." <laughs> He's tiny. Yeah. Um, 
let's see. Oh, I also got my picture taken with Jonathan Frakes. Uh, num- number one, if you are aware, he is also the international bear icon. He's also a space whore. We've talked about him on every Star Trek episode that he is the biggest whore, I'm pretty sure, in every universe. He's awesome. He was so funny. He was making fun of his moderator, which was hilarious. Uh, he hopped in from the back like like he was just one of the audience. He's like, when's this thing going to start? And he was, you know, <laughs> he was just, it was just a lot of fun. Uh, those are really good panels. I had a lot of fun there. Jim Starlin, who uh, designed uh, the comic books, who basically invented the character Thanos, he was there. Mm-hmm. And they only had one AV room for him. And it didn't, it only it only held like sixty people. It was already completely packed. Like twenty minutes before it even started, I had to sit on the floor, and, and we were like, "Let's not let the fire marshal know about this." But it was super fun. It was absolutely really cool. Yeah. Uh, did you actually hear this week that Steve Ditka had died? Yeah. Ditko. Excuse me, Ditko. He's the, yeah. one of the creators Spider-Man. of Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that so was too sad. Bad. All these, all these uh, originals are starting to yeah. pass their expiration dates. But you know what? Long, long life, long career. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. So anyway, so again, we had a we had a great time. Guys, we bought more shit. I got I got a charcoal picture of who's that person that your uh, daughter, your uh, niece loves, Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> I'm like, I'm looking at the picture and I can't remember the guy's name, but it's like this charcoal picture yeah. of Jeff Goldblum with his shirt, you know, shirt open and laying down injured. Like in, From Jack Jurassic awesome. Park. I was like, oh, I have to have that. That's nice. Yeah. I think I need to get the Funko Pop version of that. I've been threatening to get it for Maddie because she did have the world's biggest crush on him when she was about three years old. And now that she is a, you know, young lady of 11, it is the most humiliating thing in the world for her to realize. And we bring That's it up awesome. constantly because we do. Yeah, I know. I should get her this picture. <laughs> that would embarrass her to death. <laughs> it would. It would. But you know what? Maybe it would inspire her. She has been so inspired lately the world of drawing and anime and she has just opened up horizons like she i don't think she even realized that anime was a thing before i introduced her to black butler at the bookstore like back in march and now she is perfecting her drawing techniques and just doing some amazing work so i'm super proud of her like i really want to try to find some art classes that are specific to that kind of style and genre yeah. for her to teach her to, you know, do more than just look at somebody's work and reproduce it, but to do her own, you know, her own characters and things like that. Anyway, the, but it does, uh, the con, the discussion of cons actually brings us right into our topic, which is kind of the mainstream of nerd, nerd culture. Is that what you officially had dubbed it? I think so. Um, I, I, you know, when I was start, I've been thinking about this topic for a good long while, and I think we have kind of broached it in small doses over the last couple of years. You know, the things that people liked when we were growing up are now mm-hmm. much more normal if you if you will like you were a big star trek nerd did you feel like you had a lot of other star trek nerds around you in school yeah i you know i i didn't either and there were a lot of things that we kind of kept like on the download like it was kind of cool that everybody played mario right but like there were certain things you didn't 
you know, you didn't really talk about, but you still did them and you loved them and you had a certain number of people who knew about them. But I think, you know, we're seeing so much now opening up where you've got people who, let's say historically, would not have been considered nerds, right? So you've got big football jocks. You've got people like Vin Diesel, who is a super macho action star, who is the biggest fucking D&D player you've ever seen in your life. Like these, these kind of things that have been considered again, you know, oh, you live in your mom's basement and you play D&D and blah, blah. Well, you know, these, you know, these are big names that are coming out and saying, I love these things. And you know what? I'm not going to be ashamed of them. And I think I've heard John Barrowman talk about that, about how you should never, ever be ashamed of anything that you like in your fandoms. I'm not sure if there's accepting of the full on nerds just yet. Yeah, I I think that with anything, what brings them into the fold is movies. And because movies can have all kinds of effects and action and things like that. And you can see things that maybe you never really affiliated with being awesome because you only heard about it from maybe the marginalized in your high school because they wouldn't stop reading The Hobbit, for example, or whatever book it is. That right. The Hobbit's like 12, 12 pages long, right? Yeah, The Hobbit's not long. I mean, certainly not three movies long. But, you know, again, (laughs) anything that, uh, I I don't know, brings that into more of a mainstream focus. Because you're right. And a lot of these things like Lord of the Rings, that's a really long fucking book. And people think it's three books, but it's not. It's one book. They just had to break it into three chapters or three, you know, parts because it's huge. This would be like the gigantic book of nonsense if you know you tried to read it all at Mm -hmm. once which i do anyway um but it wouldn't fit on your shelf you know what i'm saying yeah somebody like peter jackson who took that and and that is an epic right it's not i'm not saying it in the the colloquial way that we use epic i'm saying it's literally an epic it is a journey it is you know it's got amazing things that are happening it's absolutely in the fantasy world you can draw whatever conclusions you like to the real world, though if you go back and listen to uh, Tolkien and some of his recorded interviews, he's like, whatever you think, you're reading it. Like, I I'm just, I just wrote a story. And I think that's kind of cool because you can, you know, we've talked about how much we hated having to deal with symbolism and all that other bullshit when we were reading in high school because it just took all the fun out of the stories. And I think that's what he didn't want to do. He didn't want to place symbolism in there, but we can absolutely drop yeah, and do things that happened and things that were, things that are, you know, that all that geeky nonsense. Just, it, it does go to show, though, that the opening for acceptance was something that had to have a major motion picture put behind it, millions and millions of dollars put behind it. But then you can see, oh, hey, you know what? There are awesome action scenes in these fantasy sci-fi. And it's almost Star Trek, while appreciated, wasn't really, was Mm -hmm. uh, added for kind of the younger generation after they had the action Star Trek, right? With Mm -hmm. Chris Pine and and Zachary Quinto. Ah, Who I love, by the way. Yeah, I love Chris (laughs) Pine. He's hot. (laughs) Yeah, but I think that also... The generation, you know, growing up with the Indiana Jones and the Star Wars and things like that, that movies are more accessible than some of the other nerd culture things. And so as 
we add more nerdy movies, we're going to add more nerds to our pop culture. And so everybody gets along. I don't mind it because I like I like all things superhero, right? But it's not as fun to limit mm-hmm. yourself to just like just the comic books or just the animated series. Now we have all kinds of options out there. And that's the really nice part is that we do have a ton of different options available and they keep expanding. You know, something new comes out every day, whatever it is. And, you know, sometimes you just find whatever your groove is and you pick it up and you run with it. I think the coolest part about mainstreaming of nerd culture is that there isn't this hiding in the dark to, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not something you have to shy away from. And, you know, I think as a kid, um, like this is something that my niece does that I think is really impressive at her age. Uh, she, she fully stands up for what she's interested in. You know, her friends might be like, why do you like that? And she's like, because it's cool. I kind of told her, I said, you know, one of the things that you're going to learn growing up is a lot of times we kind of cling to friends that we've had or always had. And then eventually you're going to realize you just don't have that much in common. I mean, a lot of, a lot of people became friends because they lived nearby or they sat next to each other in school, just proximity. Exactly. So they don't necessarily have any interest at all. I found that with my first marriage. (laughs) We had absolutely nothing in common. And then once I realized that it was like, wow, this is a terrible, terrible situation. But when I, you know, when I met Paul, I found a kindred spirit. Basically, I found somebody who also was interested in the same nerdy books and the same music and, you know, things like that. I I agree. I think that as you expand your friends, you get ones that are more unique and more known to you. But, you know, you had mentioned something when we were talking about doing this show. You talked about the fact that nerd culture seems to be more accepting or you see it more often. And I don't know if I terribly agree with it because other than the very big name movies out there, except for the ones that I seek out. Right. Or maybe so, you don't, maybe you run across them, but they're not out, so to speak. Does that make I, sense? Yeah, that could be. But, you know, I, I make sure my desk is pretty obvious that I'm interested in Doctor Who and Game of Thrones, but mm-hmm. nobody knows what any of that stuff is. They're like, what is a police call box, right? And then they'll, Which you know. is funny because I walked into a doctor's office one time and had... I guess I had a Doctor Who show. I don't even think we had a Doctor... I don't know what we had that was Doctor Who something. And the lady at the front desk was like, oh my God, we love Doctor Who. And I just passed out a bunch of Nerdy Bitches podcast stickers because, you know, as you do. And maybe it's industry. Maybe it's proximity. I don't know. But I'm seeing a lot more people, let's just say in the mainstream of pop culture or everyday news talking about celebrities and, you know, again, big athletes and things like that, who historically would have been like, oh, we like football and beer and that's it. And now they're able to say, you know, I'm that, you know, they're becoming more layered people or if they were always layered, then they are at least letting that freak flag fly a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that we see, after the Batman movies, like Christian Bale was kind of cool, but still kind of on the outskirts. Then, then the Superman or Superman, the Spider-Man movies came 
out and Toby McGuire is kind of a nerd still. And so it wasn't a big gung ho. But then right. Iron Man comes out and you've got Robert Downey Jr., an awesome guy, bona fide, cool dude. And he's absolutely proud to be this character, right? And then you start to see more and more cool characters, cool people on their own right that join up for the group, right? Ryan Reynolds. One that are begging. (laughs) They're like, please let me be a part of this. I've got to be a Marvel character. Exactly. I don't know that they're chasing DC down as much, but Marvel for sure has got that cinematic universe on lockdown. So, yeah, I, but you know, once cool people start to adopt it and cool actors and, you know, A-list celebrities, then it opens the door for acceptance, right? Mm -hmm. I still don't see it a ton in my day-to-day again, but if I'm going to hang out with a group of 20 people, they all know who Batman is and his main writers, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, although I love diversity, I don't tend to diversify within my friends. We're all nerds. <laughs> well, we, we talked about that before Comic Palooza, and we actually had talked about doing a scavenger hunt looking for the perfect sitcom friend group where you have all this oh, diverse. Yeah. We, d- we didn't do it. We did but not. We totally do that. should have because it would have been probably the weirdest conversation we ever had with a group of people because, as, and again, I'm, I'm a giant HR nerd. Diversity is my thing. I am always open and willing and whatever. But again, I seek out people who are like me, people who like similar things, people who don't like, I don't know, people. Like they, they just want to hang out with the people they do like. They don't want to just go out and meet a whole bunch of new people all the time and big nerds. And, you know, I've started sitting down with some people lately who I wouldn't have considered super nerdy and then to find out oh no no holy shit these people are crazy nerdy and they're just like me and i really like them so yeah i still think that the fringe elements of the nerd culture are going to be your gaming uh the non-video games and Mm -hmm. uh, like uh board games uh D magic those type I think of also things like anime and manga, those are going to be more of a specified group. I don't know that that has gone super mainstream unless you're talking about more things like uh, Voltron, like the new Voltron yeah. series is out. Um, and then there's a new Batman that's going to be done in the anime style. Mm-hmm. I haven't so seen it when yet. you when again, when they're bringing in, you know, things like that, which, you know, when we were kids, you know, we had things like Speed Racer and Voltron and Transformers and you know, whatever that that all had that kind of similar Japanese influence style, whether they actually were or weren't, most of them were. But we didn't know that's what it was, right? It was just a different type of cartoon that we watched. And now as we're getting older, we bring this, you know, we bring this up. And I, I think it's also really interesting that we're still seeing, I don't know, one of my questions to you is, do you think nerds are the new hipsters? I, you know, the reason why it's hard for me to answer that is because hipsters will enjoy a fringe thing and like it ironically. I don't feel that nerds do the same thing. Now, I'm also probably just throwing a hipster in a box here and just saying this is what all (laughs) hipsters are like, right? So weird facial hair, likes things ironically, flannel. Beanies. Beanies. Glasses for no reason. Now, by the way, because it's freaking cold here in the winter in the morning and the evening to throw beanie on completely mm. acceptable even at dinner <laughs> i can't uh, well i live in 
Texas, so it's still 100 degrees uh, under my beanie. That would be awful. Yeah, there's people on the beach wearing beanies, but it's cold on the beach. It's not warm, so I guess that makes sense. <laughs> well, you know, there's always the retro thing that they have going on. It's That's kind of what I think, that their, their niche, their nerdum is more for the retro and the odd, and only... The really nerdy stuff they like only out of, to get kicks out of it. And if you really liked something ironically like Star Trek, for example, you would definitely expand to other things like the Orville or something modern. I liked the Orville. It was really funny. Oh, I know. It's great. I I didn't know what to think of it, though. When we watched that, I was like, um, is it supposed to be serious? Is it supposed to be funny? Because it's a a weird mix of the two. It's perfect. I I know. I agree. It's perfect. And, you know, you think about it. Going back, you know, I'll go back to the hipsters in a second. But if you think about the Orville in that way, it's, you know, all of the really, really funny parts that you really enjoy from Star Trek have kind of that humor in it. Yeah. And so, like, remember the episode on Next Generation where everybody got drunk? Well, they weren't mm-hmm. drunk, but they had something that made them drunk, right? Yeah. 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 And I believe Data had sex with Tasha Yar. Yeah, as you do. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, um, so, you know, stuff like that. And then the trouble with Tribbles when it came to Deep Space Nine, uh, that thing. So, yeah. And, and, you know, I think one of the things that I do see a lot with the with the nerdy people that does remind me kind of of the hipsters. But again, it goes back to some of the exclusionary stuff that we've talked about in the past is, oh, I like that before it was, quote, cool and now you can't like it because of this, or I'm going to somehow like it less because now it's popular and everybody loves it. Yeah. I, so I Star agree. Wars would be something I think that hits in like this. Like I think of people who are our generation who grew up with the original Star Wars trilogy, those of us who actually watched it, yeah. uh, we we love it and we feel like it's ours, right? But now it's it's kind of seems to have spawned this collection of crybaby fanboys who were like it's not my star wars how dare you change it you can't like it now you're not you weren't there 30 years ago blah 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 and and it's so again it it always strikes me as interesting whenever we do see things that you know people who have historically been excluded from things when they feel like they have the chance they want to turn around and exclude other people and i think that's wrong. Yeah, that's definitely a big problem with things like that. And the hipster mentality of I liked it before it was cool. And then I like it less when it's popular. Mm -hmm. Is I I still feel is completely opposite of a fan, a nerd fan that loves certain genre and is upset that it goes back. Now, I think that everybody is a whiny bitch, hipster Mm -hmm. and nerd alike. Yeah, because Nobody is appreciating the art form anymore. And, you know, studios do get in there and fuck shit up, right? I see it a lot. We completely understand that that's happened. But, you know, honestly, it did not happen in Last Jedi. Last Jedi was awesome. It was exactly... Last Jedi was amazing. And and again, it's one of those, and I fully have admitted, I didn't love it when I first saw it. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. But I went back and I saw it again, and I kind of opened myself up more to what was happening. And if you really watch it, it is Empire Strikes Back. It is very fucking similar. It is just like the first one. They say, oh, this is just like A New Hope. This is just like Empire, but it's not the same. Right. If you want the exact same fucking movie, go watch the old movie. It's already there. Yeah. We got to do something new or else what's the point? Yeah. But I I think in general with nerd culture, there's still 
uh, outskirts of this. Now, I, I feel that anime people are not necessarily nerds, but they're like the hipster of their group. They have something that they really like. But I And I know a lot of people that like anime and nerd stuff, but they don't actually, you know, the Venn diagram of the two of them is not exclusive. Mm-hmm. They, a lot of them are separate, right? Right, sure. So I, I see that mainstream nerd culture, I think of it in comic books. Comic books... I would say, have come mainstream. I wonder if it's just specific to superheroes, almost. Uh, You know what? I agree. It's specific to superheroes or, you know, like Preacher and Walking Dead and things like that. However, it doesn't necessarily mean that the comic books are a big deal. It's really just the movies and the things that are based on them that are a big deal. With uh, two key um, side things here. Tolkien people or Tolkien, however you're supposed to pronounce it. Tolkien. Tolkien people and George R. R. Martin people, they uh, still love books yep. more than the more than yep. the movies. But the movies and the TV shows have brought them in to be more accessible to everybody else. I think that those are more of a sign of the mainstream than the superhero movies. Could be, could be. Yeah, because Game of Thrones, people that would never imagine watching any kind of superhero movie will love game of thrones but i you know i guess i guess i'm just seeing a lot of people that i do know who are you know would never have considered themselves a nerd nobody else would have considered themselves a nerd but now i see them nerding out over these type of things oh my god the avengers infinity war was the craziest thing i've ever seen or you know oh my gosh there's a new batman coming out or oh my god we gotta go see ready player one because Ready Player One is about the nerdiest movie you can fucking find. I mean, I love it. I love the book. The movie's great, you know. Yeah, but the movie wasn't no. as popular as, uh, you know, no, some of, of these others. Not. But, you know, I think that, you know, our age group is an important mm-hmm. part of this. Our age group, which grew up on the Indiana Jones and the Star Wars and had a love for things that were maybe science fiction and fantasy those two things which were fine as kids you needed to outgrow as adults but then the really true nerds brought them back to life and i love it well that's i keep calling i keep calling generation x which we're kind of the tail end of generation x beginning in Mm -hmm. gen y um like i'm calling us the general generation nostalgia because I think that that is what we are. We talked about this in our nostalgic toy episode, like year one. All of that shit is coming back. And it's because the people our age are now in in charge of things. Like they're starting to become that level of managerial hierarchy where they can say, you know what? I think we should bring back the little Fisher Price pull toy. Or I think, you know what would be great? Um, popples. Let's bring those back. Or oh my god, somebody brought back popples. I don't know if they did or not, but they probably should, and they probably will. They really should. Yeah, <laughs> nerdy bitches trademark. And then, so yeah, <laughs> and then they by the, and then they killed Toys R Us, and all of the millennials are freaking out, or probably Generation Wires. It's not the millennials. It's it's our it's our generation. It's not the millennials. They're like, what's a Toys R Us? We don't know. Or it's okay. And I I saw a meme the other day that was so great about that because again, I was a little sad that Toys R Us is gone. 
But this meme was right. It's like, um, where have you been for the last 25 fucking years? Like, you've not been here buying toys or else this wouldn't be happening. And now you're all sad. Wah, wah. And it's true. I've been into Toys R Us maybe 10 times in the last decade, two decades. And that's because I have nieces and a nephew that I will sometimes go buy things for. Or it's if I'm looking for a very specific type of board game that, you know, I know that they will carry. That's that's it. Like, I don't, I'm not just hanging out in Toys R Us. I'm not a Toys R Us kid anymore. I'm 40. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing is, yeah, exactly. We're 40. So for God's sakes, I'm not going to go wander around a store when I can just get it on the internet, on the laptop that is sitting on my lap. I, if, I, if I happen to just need to get out and get something that day because I'm lazy and forgot... I'll go in there. It's fine. If if Target seems like too much of a pain in the ass, I've been in there. I've gone in specifically to find teddy bears. I've gone in specifically to find certain things. But again, if I have enough time to plan for it, Amazon does free shipping with Prime. And, <laughs> and I don't like to leave the house. And I don't like people. So... Oh, I know. A toy store for me is like a level of hell yeah. because, you know, I'm not a big fan of the children. <laughs> uh, the children don't bother me as much as the parents of the children not making their well, children the, behave. The, yeah, the the problem with the parents of the children is that they don't seem to care how the children are, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. They are indifferent to them. And I always, and I will say out loud occasionally, but like, well, I guess they're just banking on being able to have more because that kid's about to get killed, Mm -hmm. you know, because you don't seem to watch him with running in the parking lot. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I don't know. I I always wonder if it's... I think think we took a detour. Of course. Well, I think it's coming back around though, because, you know, we are, we've talked a little bit about millennials or we've thrown it out there. Everyone shits on the millennials. I don't care. Good job. Do what you're going to do. Uh, But I wonder if they're, the way that they've been brought up by us big old retro nerds, if that is one of the things that's helping making this a lot more mainstream. I think so. And the reason why I think so is when I was growing up, I love classic rock. Mm -hmm. I didn't love classic rock because it was on the radio when I was growing up. I love classic rock because it was on my parents' CD player or tape player um growing up Mm -hmm. so i think that that's the same thing is it kind of extends to the children and especially kids nowadays are like friends with their parents which is just really bizarre Mm -hmm. but that's a side note you're not supposed to become friendly with your parents until the 30s i mean that's just the rules yeah i'm friends with some of my parents (laughs) you have more parents than anyone i've ever met in my life I'd say a clear majority of my parents I'm friends with. <laughs> I only have two, and I like them both some of the time. <laughs> One of them lives in my house. So, you know, uh, it is what it is. But, I, yeah, yeah, I think that, you know, the new, the new generation, if you will, these millennials, which I think people are also confusing Generation Y with millennials. Like, they keep acting like everyone born after 1980 is a millennial. I'm like, I don't think you understand what that no, means. Yeah, like, a millennial would have, it would have been 2000. Uh, group, yeah, coming like, of age in the 2000s. Right. Um, so late 90s. That's kind of an interesting portion of that i see that a lot of people were blaming millennials for oh you know 
millennials are ruining the housing market or uh, millennials have destroyed Toys R Us or for example, for example. And it's like, you know what? When the baby boomers came of age, five and dimes went away. Yeah. And when the uh, the 80s kids came came around, Coke we went stopped away. having the yeah. sock hops and, you know, stupid <laughs> things. stopped having Everything, Coke parties. Yeah. <laughs> that's when the 90s kids around. When the grunge kids around came around, less cocaine. See, that's how it works. That is how it works. It works better that way. You eliminate the yes. things that don't work that well anymore. And again, older people have a harder time with change than younger people tend to. And so everybody kind of fights well, for the, what the way it's always yeah. been, you know? Yeah, they don't, they don't remember all the change that they brought in. Mm-mm. Right? So, yep. Yeah. It's just, it's different now. Get over it. It is. I do I do have a uh, an out of well, it's kind of out of context, kind of in context internet quote on this exact subject and I would like to read it to you if you don't mind. Okay. It basically says, "God damn millennials walking around like they rent the place." <laughs> Which is true. It's absolutely true. Because uh, you can't afford to buy. No. Right? No. I, I've never been able to afford to buy, and I'm not a millennial, so I can't even imagine, you know. Yeah. This, yeah. Well, you know, a lot of the baby boomers, they grew up in a generation where the CEO of their company was earning like 32 times what they were earning. Mm-hmm. And now we're at a point where the CEO of your company earns about 300 times what you're earning. Mm-hmm. So there may be a similar amount of income dispersed uh, just percentage wise, but it is a majority at very top levels that are uh, putting all, you know, buying all this real estate, yeah. not even spending time in there, and then renting it to the people that can't afford to buy. Well, that's that's the whole thing. You say, you know, you tell us that we are irresponsible, you tell us that we should be buying houses and we should do this and that, but rent's $1,200 a month and minimum wage is under $8. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't. It doesn't add up. You know, back in the day, people had a living wage as a minimum. Yeah. You know, they could live. They the, You know, the economy hadn't gotten so out of control that they could yeah. actually have a house and a car and one parent at home and, you know, children wearing clean clothes, things like that. We're just not there. That's, yeah. that's not the reality of this credit uh, buy everything you can't afford type of society. And this has gone way off the reservation. But I think it all still comes around. Yeah, it has. This is definitely not about nerds. I'll tell you, living in Silicon Valley or right outside of it, uh, it's it's painfully obvious it happens here. You know, they consider 115000 a year on a low... Uh, lower income wow. level, and you can actually qualify for shit. Yeah. Yeah. In Houston, that's crazy. not the case. So. <laughs> that's a really good salary. No, no, I know. We, you know, I was, yeah, I was joking with uh, somebody in my office that actually also came in from uh, Houston, and I was like, he, you know, he, he was saying, can you mm-hmm. imagine the size of house I would have in Houston for what I paid for it here? And I'm like, I can't even begin to imagine how big that house would be because... Well, this is, this like, my brother lives in New York City. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. And so what they, what they pay for a two-bedroom apartment here would buy an enormous, like, palatial-type house. I mean, something you couldn't even imagine. And they're like, we've got three closets. I'm like... I've got three closets in my master bedroom. Like, yeah. 
I don't know. And it, it's just a different, it's just totally different lifestyle. So I know I'm about to downsize again because I need mm-hmm. a place with air conditioning. And mm-hmm. so I'm just, I'm really, I'm really having a tough time with it. <laughs> yeah, we, we rent and, you know, we have a house and we have a landlady, I guess. She's not the owner. She's a property manager, kind of takes care of things ish. Uh-huh. And our first year that we were here, I think our hot water heater went out twice for five days at a time. So we had two five day stretches with no hot water. That sucks. Our air conditioner went out twice in the middle of fucking August and it was 108 degrees outside and probably almost, you know, 120 degrees inside because (laughs) thanks for insulating the house real well. (laughs) And, you know, so it's things like that that I'm glad I don't have to pay for, but they're also giant pain in the ass inconveniences. And especially if I can't get this lady to like, I don't know respond to messages in a you know reasonable amount of time or deal with things or bring people in who are going to fix it right the first time fortunately since then it's been about two years we haven't really had any kind of other issues you better knock on wood it's july i know so so all right let's go back to our nerd culture yes so Lately, though, we have seen a shift. Would you say that there's anything in particular that has caused the shift? I'm I'm actually thinking maybe, for me, the Dark Knight movie was the pinnacle of, well, this is the greatest movie I've ever seen. And I think that was me. one of those movies that people watched and forgot that they were watching a Batman movie. Does that make any yeah. sense? Like, Batman's mm-hmm. in it. But it's almost a Joker movie, you know what I mean? But it's yeah, yeah. that one is so dark and so gritty, and it's so different from what we're used to. Think about even even just sticking with Batman. Think about '60s Batman. It's total cheese, oh, yeah. total, campy, total campy, totally cheesy. And then even the '80s where we have, or '80s or '90s where we have Michael Keaton, and we have that, you know, the what do you call? Um, yeah. Yeah, we have that, yeah. that segment, that series I, I of did, them. I did enjoy the Michael Keaton versions. Oh yeah, and then it got, and then it got kind of t- a little closer to the comic books, which was more what like Tim Burton was looking for. Yeah, but I feel that it wasn't what we were ready for. It was still the eighties. We're still wearing white socks. <laughs> well, it was, but it, those were still just movies. I, I think those were still just movies. They weren't like. I'm going to see a nerdy movie. I'm yeah. going to see Batman because that sounds interesting. And I actually, you know, I I went back during, actually during Hurricane Harvey last year, I was trying to find something to distract me from the fact that my house was about eight inches away from flooding. So I sat down yeah. and I watched those first four um, beginning Batman movies. And, I, you know, I, I remember them all very well, but I also went back and was like, wow. That's terrible. You know, it's like you just, as you go and you grow and things become obsolete almost, you're like, okay, they're still doing the pals and the kablams and things like that. Not quite as, you know, silly as they did in the 60s, but they're still there. Yeah, but I really enjoyed Prince in uh, in Batman. Yeah. I love that yeah. one. 
But I have to tell you, the second one, Batman mm-hmm. Returns with the Penguin, fucking sucks. Oh my god, it's so boring and it's so gross. Like, yeah, he is just the grossest character you've ever seen. He is, I just, and not even like. All right, like the Joker's kind of a gross character in you know in the Dark yeah. Knight, but in a in a terrifying way. This guy's just gross. Like 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 if I get close to him, I'm gonna catch something. Yeah, you know, it's just kind of nasty looking. Yeah, yeah, that penguin is gross. But you know, uh, Paul Rubens played him, his dad in that, as well as uh, on Gotham, he played the the mm-hmm. father of Penguin. So that's kind of funny. Yeah. But I, I think you're right. That's probably a good place. I mean, there were, a, you know, the only other superhero movie that was really out in our lifetime was the 80s Superman series. Which which were great. They were amazing. But again, I don't think anybody was like, this is comic book shit for kids. And they were like, ooh, Superman. Because again, you've got to look at who's making the movies, right? What was popular when they were kids or when they were adolescents or when they were coming into their own and it's the people who were probably reading the original Superman comic books. And they're like, let's make this a movie. And I think the comic book industry has really just taken off so far, you know, into the future that, you know, and now they reboot, you know, before it was just like, ah. Oh, no, they always rebooted. They they rebooted every freaking minute. But I do, I feel that a lot of people in our generation, our first experience with Superman, even though he is prolific in the comics, was the movies. Yeah, oh, mine, for sure. And, yeah, and I don't know when it was exactly that I knew Superman was a comic. I mean, it was a long, long time ago, but it wouldn't have been my first instinct to know that. No, mine either. And I think, again, as, you know, my dad wasn't into comics that I know of. You know what I mean? Like, he may have been as a kid, but I doubt it. Um, So I I think it also, going back to that, you know, you learn from what your parents learn. You loved classic rock because that's what your parents listened to. I loved classic country because that's what my hillbilly family liked to listen to. I still love a good Willie Nelson song. I'm a big fan. So I... You know, I think a lot of that is pulled, you know, my dad is a sci-fi nerd, right? Like Logan's Run, and I'm like talking real sci-fi, not just, you know, the things like Star Trek and Star Wars that we kind of put into that category, but they're a little bit different, but like real, you know, real dork stuff. Um, So I think, you know, I think picking that up, I picked some of it up, but I think you, you can, you pick up some and the rest of it you like stomp on. Right. It's like, I'll never like this because my parents shove it down my throat. Like, that's why I don't like the Beatles, to be honest. I know you love the Beatles. I am not a huge fan of the Beatles because my dad used to play them just incessantly. And my sister's middle name is Michelle. And so he would play that song at her and she would like run through the house with her fingers in her ears. Like, you know, it's it's just those kind of things. My parents went to the same college, and when we were growing up, they were like, you should go here. And I'm like, I am going anywhere in the world but there, you know. So I think there's both that acceptance and the rebellion that tends to happen from one generation to the next. Yeah, I think that, that part of that is how much is pushed down the throat and how much is acquired. Yeah. Uh, just by being in the in the area, so yeah. Anyway, yeah. I would say that music love definitely came more just by it being on. You know, my parents had the Crystal Gale record, and 
uh, Julio Iglesias and just like random, yeah. you know, soft music, but and also, you know, country music and stuff. So, yeah, that's what we grew up with. I don't like new country music. It makes me grow. It's, I don't understand it. It just doesn't. I, I don't know. I don't get it. But maybe I'm just too old to understand it. I don't know. I've gotten to that point. It's just noise. Yeah, but I don't understand any new music. So, yeah, I can't listen to any new music. I'm just, I'm always like, meh. Anytime I hear a new song that I like, it turns out to be Ed Sheeran anyway. So, I'm like, I like Ed Sheeran. I don't don't know anything he sings, but I do know. You do. Anytime you've heard a song, it's him. Okay. Well, I do know he was on (laughs) Game of Thrones, so... Mm-hmm. He, he was. He had that a little cameo true. on Game of Thrones. He did. He did. Yep. Yeah. I'll, I'll ask Spotify or not Spotify. Uh, the other one, Shazam, yeah. all the time. I'm like, what is this song? I really oh more. <laughs> yeah, mine is generally Bruno Mars. Yeah. Well, I've, Olivia, <laughs> Olivia, yeah. my two year old niece, is obsessed now with John Mayer because I have a couple of his songs on my sleep playlist and I constantly so she was making me sing her some song the other day that was actually like a kid's song or like a lullaby type song and then she's like sing the mayor song I'm like mayor song like thinking she's talking about like the mayor of a city like I'm like I don't know a mayor song she's like no from your phone the mayor song I'm like oh John Mayer <laughs> got it <laughs> yeah oh that's funny. oh yeah all right. Well, I think that we've talked about kind of the generations and the nerddom. So I'm interested to see, hear what uh, people are, think, uh, what people's opinions are on this. What was your pinnacle moment of when uh, something became nerd, nerdy, from nerdy to mainstream? And when did it happen in your life? So yeah, tweet, let tweet us, us that. Let us know Yeah, how that's going. So, all right. All I don't right. think I have anything else to talk about today. Do you? No, I I don't either. I was going to recommend something or bitch of the week something, and then it just <laughs> escaped my head right before I sat in in front of this microphone. Okay, I'll I'll bitch. I'm an empath. All right, so I can very easily, you know, I also have my my master's degree is in behavioral science, right? So I just recognize human behavior, and I read it really well. Unfortunately, I can feel it and pick it up from people too. So you know, I was talking to someone yesterday in my family who has has been having a really rough time and you know unloaded their baggage at my door and was like oh I feel so much better after talking to you I was like well I need three Xanax and a hot bath because now I feel (laughs) like a nightmare and this is not even my thing so you know here's a word to the wise people if you have a friend who is very caring very understanding very empathic whatever it may be some people don't believe in that but whatever you've always got that one friend right the one that you can talk to the one who always gets it and understands don't just unload your bullshit on them because it's really really tough you know when i'm now you know suffering from like major depression because Somebody else is having a really hard day. It wasn't my day. Yeah, they they put it on you, but they don't realize that, you know, what it's doing. Well, they don't. and But they, you know, they feel lighter when they leave. And the reason they feel lighter is because they have just laid their burden on, like, my back. And so I, I would say that that is kind of a, a big source of contention for me because I'm a helper and I'm I'm a people person when I like the people involved. And I want to be there and I want to help people, but I can't do that if I'm, you know, 
drowning under the weight of you know their yeah. their rocks. Yeah. I I I agree with that. It's you know it also happens a lot in relationships where you're. It's, and it's it happens more with women than men in like a relationship where they're kind of expected to think about everything in advance and you know have the meals planned even you know like you know I had the meals planned my husband makes them and I still you know he'll make comments like well what's for dinner tonight I'm like I wrote it down can you go look at the list I don't want to have to think about it anymore right that it's my job to <laughs> yeah. and then I you know I feel like okay I have to make the meals I have to make the shopping list we go shopping together he makes the meals you know I make the meal plan and but mm-hmm. it's just so much to think about. And, you know, you go to the store and you don't have the adequate number of bags because you have to pay for your fucking bags in California. And uh, so... Mm-hmm. It's like Aldi. Yeah, it's like Aldi. So it's just, you know... And, and then you have to think mentally in your head when what chores have to be done at what given time in order to make everything else think, why do I have to be the one thinking about all of this stuff all the time so that people can ask me when it's okay to do laundry? <laughs> yeah, I get that a lot. What I find in my household, and it's 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 not usually Paul. Paul's really good about doing his own stuff. And that's a nice thing is everybody here does their own shit, which is nice. But, you know, it's it always somehow seems like I don't do laundry very often because I work from home. I, I wear pajamas a lot. I don't go out a lot. So it, it doesn't, I, you know, I can do laundry every two weeks. I have enough clothes to where that happens. But it somehow happens every time that I go put laundry in, somebody is right at my asshole. Oh, like where's is is where's when is your laundry going to be done? When is this going to happen? What's going to happen? Or I moved your laundry from the washer to the dryer, or I moved your dryer or clothes into the basket. I was like, did you need to use them? No. I'm like, well, then that's unhelpful because I was planning on fluffing that shit because I've been in there for two days. I don't know. Or I hate it when they move it from the washer to the dryer. It's like, do you know what percentage of my stuff can actually be dried? It's low. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So unless you read the fucking tags, you've ruined half my clothes. Thank you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, And that's the thing. Like, I, I don't, I wouldn't mind doing Paul's laundry, but he does his own, which is great. My dad does his own laundry. That's fine. I do my own laundry. If I ruin my clothes, it's all me. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. So me, my. But sometimes somebody puts my Lularoe butter leggings in the dryer, oh, yeah. and then I want to go on a murderous rage because then they're not going to be all buttery anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Uh, me and my husband do not do each other's laundry. I think I stopped it about six years ago because he never did any mm-hmm. of his laundry. I mean, he had no problem doing his laundry. He just wouldn't. And so when I went to empty <laughs> out the laundry and do it, it was all his stuff, not any of my mm-hmm. stuff. And I thought, if I'm going to use my free time to do laundry, I'm going to do my own fucking laundry, not yours. And it's worked out well. Yeah. It's only had to add a hamper to my day. Yeah, I, I, uh, after my divorce, I pretty much decided I, you know, wasn't really going to do anyone else's laundry <laughs> in my life because I did all the laundry yeah. all the time, every time. Like there was no give and take. There was no, none of that. Like, you know, I, I did the laundry and did the, you know, I did everything, yeah. but you know, he'd be like, Oh, I'm going to take the garbage out. Can you go around the house and gather it up? And I'm like, yeah. 
That's part of the chore of taking out the garbage is to do that. I was like, that would be like me saying to you, I'm happy to do your laundry, but what I need you to do is I need you to go gather it all up, sort it, walk it out to the machine, put the soap in the machine, put the stuff in the machine, close the lid, and I will walk out there and push the button to start it. You know, like... It's, you know, and again, I'm so thankful that I do not deal with that anymore. So yeah, that was the best thing for me. And it's a dream. So my recommendation is to not do laundry for anybody that is capable of doing laundry. That way you're spending your free time doing your own laundry and not somebody else's. That's just piling it up, waiting for you to have enough free time to do the laundry. Yeah. My, uh, my, my two-year-old niece does my laundry. A lot of times she, loves it. She thinks it's the coolest thing in the world. I get her a step stool and she walks things up. I mean, I supervise absolutely because I don't want her ruining my clothes and I don't let her play with soap because she's two. But she loves going up and down that ladder, just trying to get things into the washer. She's learning how to balance the load. It's kind of adorable. It is adorable. And right now she thinks it's fun. She thinks it's a game. You know, in a few years, she'll just be like her older sister and not, you know, do her laundry for three months and just expect to buy new clothes. I don't know. Yeah. When I was her age, I recall enjoying cleaning the toilets because you got to scrub with the brush and swirl the toilet water around. And, you know, my mom thought Mm. that shit was hilarious, but I was like, you still, you still do it every day. Don't you? Why? (laughs) Clean the toilet? No, I do not. Uh (laughs) Technically I'm supposed to do them on Mondays and Fridays and I don't do that. (laughs) Now, I just remember we had a conversation about those, uh, was it the Norwex cleaning system for yeah. the toilets? You're like, I was like, who washes their toilet every day? You're like, I do. Yeah, I used like, to. Well, I used to. Weird. It was swish and sweep. I would swish my toilet and wipe <laughs> off the counter every single day. And I guess that went straight to hell because I haven't done it in a long time. So that's exhausting. I can't even, like, I can't even find my counter. And I know it's 100% my fault. Like, Paul's got, like, one little edge. My stuff just creeps closer to his sink. And I keep trying to, trying to bring it back. But, you know, when you're in a house like this, like, we have, we have cabinets, but no, like, drawers. Mm -hmm. And it's really difficult for, to sort lady stuff, you know, whether it's hair accessories or makeup or cleaner or whatever it is it's really hard to do that in just a cabinet setting you have to get creative and i've got weird things and all sorts of shit under there to i don't know <laughs> yeah I, i'm like i'm sorry it's just like just keep dragging it back to my side yep. all right well there we go need some helpful household tips <laughs> helpful household tips with nerdy bitches who don't want to clean their house exactly that's the last thing i want to do Anyway, yeah. so hit us up on Twitter. Give us a call. Let us know what you think. Absolutely. We'll see you guys next time. Hey, do you like movies? Hey, do you like podcasts? If you do, then come on down and listen to the Home Video Hustle podcast, homie. Hustle, hustle. Every Friday, we talk about whatever movie PJ picks out the bag. What does that mean? Well, every Wednesday on our YouTube page, I pick a bunch of movies at random. Sometimes there's a theme to it. Sometimes not. PJ picks the movie out, and guess what? We watch it on Friday. We talk about it for about maybe an hour, hour and a half, whatever we feel like doing. Might give you something good to watch, baby. Come on down every Friday. So come get your hustle on with Home Video Hustle. You can find the show on any podcatcher app, or you can come down to homevideohustle.popbean.com. All of them in one place for you. So you can go ahead and binge it like it's Netflix. We ain't the Defenders. Yeah. But I like to think we're a little bit better than that. <laughs> come out at your boys, man. Come chill with us. Peace. Peace.
music provided by www.bensound.com. And please email feedback to contact us at nerdybitches.com. I think we took a detour.